there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Salty. I'm Cam. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? Good. Good, thanks. How are you, Cam? Uh, I'm on top of the world, mate. That's good to hear. You going okay on this heat wave? No. <laughs> no, I'm not coping. Is it warm enough for you? Oh, Robbo. Yeah. You are walking on thin ice. Ice made even thinner by the heat. Yep. God bless global warming for this thin ice. I didn't even realise it was hot the last few days. Because I just don't go outside. Okay. <laughs> don't know if that's a, a brag or not. <laughs> the other day I saw someone saying, oh, you know, at my kid's school, they've got the indigenous seasons up. Instead, they don't, there's the indigenous people of the area had their own seasons before we came along. We're like, what if the seasons are exactly the same as in England? Mm. Yeah. And so right now we're in like eel season, which is when the heat is backing off and you can, it's good to go and meet up with other uh, people and eat some tasty eels. Mm. Oh. And at the time that I saw that, they were like, this makes so much more sense than winter, autumn, summer, spring. I was like, yeah, it is because it's like February and we've just had this extreme heat, but the heat is backing off. Mm. Well, uh, they didn't account for any of this, did they? When they came up with eel season, they didn't account for us. Pumping all this gas into the air, did they? No. This is a terrible time to go hunting eels because it's gotten hot again and it's massively hot. But if you'd hunted enough eels when it wasn't so hot, you'd just be kicking back now, just smashing down some eel. Anyway, all I'm proposing is that we come up with new seasons for the new reality we live in. Okay. I mean, which I, is- I think just the one season of Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> apocalypse is probably going to be enough Yeah, that's what, point. That's what yeah. I'm proposing Let's just have one season of Mad Max And, you know what I saw in the city the other day? Oh, I've had a few coffees by the way You okay. know what I saw in the city just yesterday? I was driving along and there was this huge black foil drive behind me oh, yeah. With massive Mad Max spikes coming out of its hubcaps That's pretty cool That can't be legal Well, could this have been part of the filming that's going on? Because what? they're filming Preacher here <sighs> Maybe you can't just drive your preacher car through the city. Maybe they were transporting it to a set. Can you give me a one-liner of what preacher it is? Uh, yeah, it's based on a comic book mm-hmm. about a preacher who gets uh, possessed by a spirit, like mm. an angel spirit. It's like a holy spirit that gives him powers like God. And God's fucked off. So the preacher and his vampire friend and his ex-girlfriend are trying to find God to... F- Kick his ass. Cool. And big trucks. It's a fucking great TV show. Is that Comic book's cool too. Noah Taylor is Hitler? Noah Taylor plays Hitler in it. I don't know who that is. Australian actor who's been in basically... Oh, no, I know who Noah Taylor is. I you don't know who oh, Hitler is? Yeah, Hitler. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I don't know who Noah Taylor is. Uh, not important. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, today we're talking... Thank you for the one-liner on Preacher, by the way. That's okay. Not saying that wasn't important. That was helpful. Hmm. Today, appropriately, we are talking about the weather. Mm-hmm. Specifically... Rain. Yep. Specifically, if Cam hadn't had his bulk loads of coffee, he could have segued from his talk about the seasons into what we're talking about. Yeah. But instead, he had to fucking ping off to some side thing about seeing an SUV in the, yeah. in the city. Huge <laughs> blades on it. Yeah, maybe it was heading down to the bloody 
the sewer thing to race some race, greases. Racing for pinks. Yeah. Could have been racing for pinks later. It might have been, but if it was, I would say that's unethical. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You know, that kind of a truck isn't suitable for racing for pinks because the other car would just zoom off. Yeah. Not if it's been all scr- scratched up. Yeah. That's fair. That's how it counters the speed of the other mm. car by grinding up the side of it with its blades. Mm. Anyway. We're talking about rain. Specifically, when it's raining men... Hallelujah. No, not raining men. What's the other one? Animals. Uh, animals, yeah. Raining animals, raining blood. Yeah. Um, I've got a little bit of raining indoors gear Ooh. during religious celebrations. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, the, the things when rain is shouldn't be doing what it's doing. When rain goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to talk about... Star Wars. So, Luke? Yep. Hey. Leia? Oh, hey? Yep. No, we're going to talk about uh, the Reagan administration's strategic defense initiative, aka the Star Wars program. Thank you for taking up all potential Star Wars jokes with your listing of Luke and Leia. Yeah. I certainly didn't have anything pre-planned. Yeah, you're more than welcome no, to saving right. you from that. Yeah, as I always save you from these things. So, have you grown up getting Luke Skywalker gear? A lot. Grown up, yeah? A lot. Uh, and, and to a, to a, um, an extent where I feel like I've got a, a bond with Luke because yeah. there's no famous Lukes other than Luke Perry. Yeah. That's a good Luke, though. Uh, yeah, he's a mixed bag, if I'm honest. Yeah. He's pretty weird and Oz. Have you seen Jeremiah? No. Oh, you guys see Jeremiah. Okay. Um, and Beverly Hills 902 when I was his... Yeah. Prime. Yeah. Prime Perry. Yeah. Callie O'Donna. Oh, my God. Yeah. Eight Seconds. Haven't seen that. Movie he did about rodeo riders. Okay. That's good. Okay. Um, you get a lot of eight seconds gear because yeah. of your failed career as a radio writer. I get that. No, when I work behind a bar, it's a legal requirement in New Zealand to have the bar manager's name behind the bar. Right. So my name was always up there if I was what, the bar manager that night. It does have to be. Big enough for people to see. So the bar manager was the one that got fined if, you know, underage drinking happens or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were responsible for everyone. Can't they arrange the fine with the owner of the bar to work out who was on shift? Why did it have to be up on the wall for you to get razzed? I'm not here. By to, drunk Kiwis. I'm not here to um, defend Australian alcohol. Or New Zealand New Zealand alcohols. Uh, but yeah, people would see it and be like, ah, are you Luke? Like, yeah. Ah, I'm your father. Uh, uh. Drunk people. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Funny thing is, I mean, anyway, we'll get back to that. Let's talk about the rain. Yeah. So this was your idea, Cam. Oh. And I'm not bad-mouthing. I just want, I'm curious as to know what prompted it. Oh, I was just looking at Fortian topics. Mm. Things that interested Charles Fort, I think is who it was. Okay. The named Fortian things. I don't know what that is. And one of them was like raining animals. And I remember, you know, we've talked about the books. Yeah. The the mystery books that you can't return to the store because the store's gone. Yeah. And (laughs) I feel like raining animals was something that was in those books a lot. Yeah, that was... A lot of fish. Yeah, it was frogs. Frogs. Quite often, places in the UK again, like the spontaneous combustion. Oh, one day, May seventh in Dorset, yeah. rained frogs, and the frogs aren't even from Dorset. These are probably all this stuff probably just happened in the UK because it was published at a time where they didn't have the internet. Yeah, they couldn't just find out if that happened anywhere else. Yeah, they couldn't fill it up with Albury spider rain. <laughs> no, which I have gear on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it seems to be. Basically, throughout history, there are recordings of people going about their day. Storm comes along. Suddenly, frogs are a pretty common one. Mm. Uh, Bats pop up from now and then. Uh, Fish are pretty common. You start raining down. Uh, Blood pop up. Mm. Um, The blood one's pretty brutal, right? (laughs) Is it? The explanation. I don't... I don't think I looked that one up. Can you uh, tell us about that right, one? So what's the explanation for when it rains blood? Because there is a bit about blood in the Bible, in the book of Revelations. Raining this blood. Why there's a great Slayer song. Yeah, I was going to say, if it starts raining blood, yeah. Slayer in town. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they signal. That made it annoying to research. Right. To be <laughs> I did think about learning raining blood, the, the yeah. lyrics, but... Uh, you should have told me and I would have learnt it on an instrument. Yeah, yeah. I could have been jamming that um, before you arrived. So in the book of Revelations, there's a bit about uh, like the oceans and rivers turning to blood. Mm. Uh, which So that's why people get a bit freaked out if there's a bit of blood in their rain. Yeah. 
There's a little bit of blood in your rain. Go see a doctor. Yeah. Um, I read a... Can, can I just sorry, make a quick Cam-esque uh, coffee moment? Yeah. A little coffee break. Cam's oh, coffee break. Sorry, yeah. This isn't necessary to frame it like that, but go on. Uh, the lake in Melbourne, uh, underneath the Balti Bridge, no, not the Balti Bridge, Westgate West Bridge, yeah. pink again. It goes pink every year because of the heat and algae. Right. Uh, so if you're in Melbourne, go check it out. It's pretty cool. Lake or is it a river? Lake. Whole lake goes pink, bright pink. Right. Where's that? Um, just on the other side of the river from where we are on the on so opposite Footscray almost, so under the Westgate, around there somewhere. Okay. Mm. Mm. Yeah, check How it out. How long does it stay pink for? Oh, about a week or so. Right. We, we we went and had a look last year. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was kinda of like a little festival vibe. There was some like right. backpackers with their shirts off playing frisbee. Yeah. People having picnics. Like us. There's a not that exciting. There's a bridge in Port Augusta, which is a town in South Australia. When you drive from Wyala to Adelaide, you drive through Port Augusta. And there's a lake in Port Augusta, which is always pink. And yeah. it's like a salt thing. Yeah, I think they, yeah. They harvest salt there or whatever. Or well, it's got something to do with salt. And it used to be a thing whenever you would be driving like from Adelaide to Wyala or Wyala to Adelaide, when you go over the bridge over this pink thing, if you wanted to fuck everyone up in the car, you'd wind the windows down because it's dunk of like sulfur yeah, it's right. like this rotten egg smell so like as you come up on the bridge you'd be like <laughs> why do we do that everyone would be like oh but you'd also get yourself though yeah but it's worth it okay um this is uh westgate park is the official official okay. name of it here's a little picky for you guys oh yeah oh it's shaped like a heart kind of yeah Look at that. go check it out if you're in melbourne it's pretty fun um so what i read about rain raining blood was that they had determined it to be bird blood. And the theory is that a bunch of birds got caught up in a really bad bit of weather and basically got torn apart Cripes. by the turbulence. But then you've got a whole bunch of blood up in the and atmosphere. Then the, yeah, and the blood just sprayed down right, on yeah. everyone underneath. So one village probably got the raining birds. Yeah, one part got feathers. Yeah, One like, part, a whole bunch of beaks just yeah. come down. <laughs> Um, one, yeah, yeah one mob gets blood. I did see, I saw, even this was so was the stupidest robot voice video, but even within it, it was very worried about the end times. It was like, the end times are definitely here. Right. The, beep, boop, the end times are here. There was a rain of blood. It's like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But then it's beep, like, beep, bloop, beep, bloop. <laughs> that's what the robot voices are like. But it was like, oh, there was a like this river that turned red, and it quoted the like the mayor of the town. He's like, "Yeah, it looks like we've got an algae problem. It is a bit biblical, though." <laughs> it's like, no, it's just algae. Yeah. And also in the Bible, it says that the water turns to blood. It doesn't say the water goes a bit red. Yeah. I say if you think that it might be the end times, have a little sip, yeah. see how it tastes. Bit. Bit coppery, hmm. isn't though the, the I guess the Vatican's line about these kind of things. Yeah, so, do, we, do we listen to the Vatican anymore? Well, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm pro-Vatican at this moment, <laughs> but they say like. So you were pro-Vatican before, though. Oh, don't try and twist my words, Cam. Um, is that you know evolution was God's God did it, so He created it, hmm. but He just used sort of natural forces that we could explain because otherwise you just can't make something happen. So. The, the Red River would be God going, oh, I'll just combine this algae with a little bit of heat, make the red. So it's still biblical. Right. That's what the Vatican could say. Right. What's that got to do with our evolution? Well, like that's what they say evolution happened rather than creative design where it just happened. Right. They said God forced the evolution to change using his will, but within the, the realm of nature. So that people would go, holy shit, it's gone red, it's end times. Yeah, yeah. This is his way of signaling to you, hey, it's the end times. I what? can't do blood because I have to do it within your natural abilities. Right. I can't just create blood. Why not? You create everything else. Because, yeah. I don't know, this is the Vatican you speaking. You haven't thought this through the Pope? Yeah. yeah. Good one. You idiot. Yeah. You Pontius Pontificator. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you'd spend a little less time on this and more on other issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so blood's one thing that gets rained. Yeah. Frogs, fish, uh, uh, two of the made ones. Bats mm. came up. Bats is weird. Mm. There, there's a lot of amphibious ones, though. Mm. And, all right, I'll give credit to the stupid books we read as kids. They still don't actually know what the, the cause is. No. But but they think they know, but they've never seen... They've, no one's ever proved it. Yeah. The theories are pretty tight, though. It's Well, 
I've got a bloody tight theory too, but until you've got some proof of it. Humble brag. Well, I don't know what that was. <laughs> is, that a, is that a sphincter joke? Yeah, it was a bit of an innuendo. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. Cut that. No. no, that was good gear. It's like they've got they've got a bang up theory, right? Yeah. Which is that there's little mini tornadoes that pick up mm. water spouts. Of, yeah, water, water spouts. spouts or like a, a gust of wind and frogs aren't super heavy, so they get sucked up. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, especially with things in water, they can get picked up by a water spout. Yeah. yeah. Up into the air, carried along. Yeah, and they get dumped like a fair way away. Mm. Yeah. Which is fine. But they, they're still like, then I'm not entirely sure why it's only ever one thing mm. that gets pulled down. It's not like a bu- like a bunch of different animals yeah, from the river. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but uh, say in the case of, a f- of fish, they move in schools. Yeah, that's also true. So like if it picked up a school of Fuck, fish. I got peeled and unpeeled so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming things of similar mass would travel in, in like, if they're getting picked up by wind... Heavier things would go f- less distance than yeah. lighter things. So things of similar mass would, would drop together almost. Yeah. There's a bunch of little fish and a bunch of big fish, and all the little fish got sucked up. The big fish might not get sucked up because yeah, they're yeah. heavier. Yeah. Yeah. But there's stuff like, so let's say there's a mini tornado in a river, mm. and it's pulled, which has fish and frogs and all different things in it. Mm. It's teeming with life. It's, yeah. Yes. But for now, yeah. but they're not like all hanging out together having little parties. No, but if they're all getting sucked up by a tornado, but the idea here is that if they're of they're different sizes and things, they'll get separated. Mm. But lots of stuff in rivers are about the same size. Yeah, but are they all? It's not like the water spout goes down the river and picks up the entire river. Yeah, it just goes over a part of the river, and if it happens to pass over a school of fish. Grabs them. Grabs them. It's not like a fish, a frog, a turtle, and a little baby alligator's hanging out fucking. Maybe they are. Smoking bongs. Wouldn't it? Well, they get sucked up into the I air. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say maybe they're friends. Yeah, I, I was thinking friends. Fucking living in Disneyland over here. Little forest friends. Old bonghead salt marsh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, that's the only thing that anyone can think of. Like, what what would be the alternatives? Because that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Or, if it happened all the time and it was always like, Oh, crap, it's always just this one animal. There is somewhere where it happens every year, right? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, shut up then. Um, let me just... <laughs> let me just. I did see where it was. Well, the one that happens regularly is the one on Albury, which is the spiders. And that's because a certain kind of spider uses a um, its web as a little parachute to, to move. And so all the spiders kind of parachute and they end up in the same place. Okay. Um, and it blankets this whole city, whole town in Albury. Is Albury a city or a town? It's a, a twin city with Wodonga. Hmm. Okay. Um, and that freaks people out, like this suddenly raining spiderwebs and spiders. It's yeah. fair enough for an Fuck Aubrey that. already. Yeah. Um, so in the town of uh, Yoro in Honduras, for the past hundred years or so, every year, occurring in May or June, uh, Luvia de Pesis, or Rain of Fish, is an annual weather event in which hundreds of fish rain from the sky onto the city streets in the wake of severe thunderstorms. Fish rain, or animal rain, as it's commonly known, has been reported around the world for centuries. Yeah, thanks, mate. That's what we're talking about. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, it happens every year in this one town. Uh, but when they have storms. Mm. So assuming the same weather events happen every year. And it's happening... <clears throat> I mean, it's one of those things where it's happening in May and June, but maybe the fish is, wherever the fish are getting picked up from, that might be happening all the time. They just get dumped somewhere else. Oh, there is another theory about this, though. Yeah, what's that? The other theory is that they might not actually be getting rained down from the sky. It's saying it's been noted that the washed up, the fish are completely blind, and scientists think that maybe they're not falling from the ground, but the heavy rains is pushing. Uh, subterranean species of fish up out of the ground. You have know frogs bury themselves to live for a long time. Yeah, this might be a f- species of fish that does the same. No. So when the when it rains heaps, the bloody little fish go up to the surface. So there they're not coming down; they're just appearing on the ground. There's no fish in the dirt. How do you know this? They swim in the water, mate. You don't know every species of fucking fish. But in it could South be America. like in a sub- subterranean lake. Yeah, maybe they're in a lake underground because they're blind. That must be what it means. They're in a lake underground, mm. not like frogs. Yeah. Who said it was like frogs? <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> so they're in a subterranean, like, hence they're blind. Yeah, like the rain loosens. 3D. Yeah, 
the light, the rain loosens the surface dirt, mm-hmm. making a fucking potential sinkhole. Watch out! Yeah, it's so they, they spring up. break. They can't shut it down. It's the biggest weekend of the year. Yeah, so the the little blind fish will go up to the surface. That's an interesting theory. Um, it is a very small village with dirt roads. Um, it's also not very well documented. Yeah, it's small village, dirt roads, poisonous wheat, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an ergot <laughs> situation. Yeah, like there's not really any photos of it that I've I can find. Mm. Wikipedia uses the word allegedly, oh. um, pretty pretty clearly in that. Uh, well, I'm not saying that these villages are lying, of course. It's listed as a thing to go and see on Atlas Obscura. Yeah, but Atlas Obscura quite often takes random articles and republishes them. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. So, I mean, they had some really interesting things, but I've seen some things there which are less than well-researched. Mm. Oh, People right. obviously put it on here because they've gone and done it. Does that article say that they've gone and done it? Let me go, just scroll down. Contributed by Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> Dylan. Thank- Thanks, Dylan. If there's someone that's never been to a Honduran village, it's Dylan. Are there any other, other animals to look at? Uh, in New Zealand, a bunch of people woke up and their cars and everything were covered in slime. Which sounds about right. turned out to be... <laughs> burn. <clears throat> turned out to be a whole bunch of jellyfish. Oh, that's a lot. That had come down and just fucking splattered everywhere. That's pretty cool. Do you remember a couple of years ago when birds kept on dying across America? I only remember it for the lady or the, the young scene girl that went semi-viral by having a big cry on YouTube saying, birds are dying. <laughs> it's like she couldn't get on with her life because birds are dying. Uh, is that the same time as that? I think so. Yeah, you remember that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, somewhat semi-related is the big whale that ended up in the middle of the Amazon. Oh, yeah. How did that end up there? Uh, no one's really sure. Scientists are baffled. A whale can't get picked up by a bloody no. tornado. So they think it, it washed after uh, through floods. It's just squirreled its way out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those um, uh, subterranean whales. Yeah. <laughs> for, for it to, like... Fuck you, Cam. It was near a, <laughs> it was near a, a river. That was near the coast, but right. it's not where it should have been anyway. Right. And then if that river flooded, it might have ended up, I think, 40 kilometres inland or something. Yeah. So it's a rogue whale. Yeah, it's just appeared. People just pumping around the A porch. baby whale that's a bit not right. Yeah, it's it was wandered a baby. off. Yeah. Uh, but it was huge. Like, kill a whale. Like, a couple of tonnes worth, at least. Yeah. I don't think it was a killer whale, mate. I think it was a humpback. Humpback is what I meant. What did you say? You said killer whale. Mm, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> um... Yeah, and like there's a photo of it, and it's just like that's not where you should be, yeah. Mr. Whale. That's why you did. That whale's very beached. Yeah, it's beached. Damn it! Were you excited to sit, say that because you'd been thinking about it for a while? No, you had a little grin on for a while. <laughs> um, no, I was grinning because I was imagining the teens that have moved that whale there, like it's washed up normally on the shore, and yeah. they're like, "How fucking funny would <laughs> this, this be?" Fucking hilarious. <laughs> Do you um, remember? Um, Speaking of, do you remember we found that Nang outside your house? Yeah, we found a little Nang bulb, a uh, whippet bulb for people that don't know what a Nang is. And you, it, Robbo put it in my car. I put it in um, the car park at my office <laughs> just, to, just to start some shit. And do people start to people, was there an all star female? No Nangs in the car park? <laughs> uh, someone did find it. They're like, who's been doing Nangs in the car park? See, I feel like, Cam, if that was a question, you would be on the list of... Yeah, I'd be right up. Potential to blame me. Uh, that's why I didn't put it in my car park. Okay. Um, the other one I've got, I saw uh, some footage of a, a Christian rock celebration where everyone's testifying with their hands up and then it starts raining inside. Um, and I read the caption and it said, I woke up this morning and I dreamed, um, or I had dreamed that I it was going to rain inside and God was going to you know, celebrate something, something. And then I looked and I found this video. I think they'd found a copy of a copy of a copy of video because it was so low quality. Right. Like it was just like five pixels of a Christian rock band. And then at one point... The, the rain got, was static. Well, I don't know. I, I couldn't see any rain, but it, it was Could like... Could you oh, see a smoke machine? <laughs> it was like, it's raining, it's raining inside. And we were gathering around and then like it was raining on the... It was, it was really mediocre rock. Speaking of me about it. Speaking of events of worship, mm. there's a famous story. Fame, well, I don't know if it's famous, but about a carpenter. A famous story about. Uh, he was a man. <laughs> a famous story. <laughs> Sorry, right. 
Sorry, something. A famous story about a maybe in the early eighties, late seventies, a cold chisel gig. <laughs> that was like so packed and so hot inside that it condensated on the roof yeah, and yeah. actually started yeah, yeah, raining yeah. inside. Yeah, that happens at a lot of indoor raves. Not nah, just cold chisel gigs <laughs> in the seventies. Okay. No, I've, yeah, I've, uh, it's not a good thing. It's a gross thing. It's gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's but what an thing. epic gig! I wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> I'd be at the back, fucking getting some air. Although, <laughs> maybe it's an osmosis situation where it purifies it. Could be like Dune. The old lead paint in the roof purifies the water. Holy moly. Uh, okay, I think this has run its course. Oh, Salty, when you started talking about this cold chisel gig, I never thought it was going to be on topic. <laughs> I thought it was going to be on topic. I thought it would be so bang on. Yeah, I think that'll do it for the rain. Uh, it's a cool phenomenon, but I think it's pretty easily explained. I don't think it's signaling the end of times anytime soon. Sometimes shit's just wet. Sometimes stuff falls down. Yeah. I think in this age of modern phones everywhere, we're not really seeing enough of it to be enough of a phenomenon that needs explaining more than wind. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, because they never see it, but that's just because it, it's just so random. No yeah. one's ever, like, ready for it. Yeah. But, like... But everyone has a phone on them. Everyone's filming 24-7 these days. Oh, you reckon we should be seeing a bit more? Black Mirror. Have you seen Black Mirror? Yeah, it's right. the kind of thing that'll happen on that. Cam, that's oh, and your beer. Oh, <laughs> hey, unnecessary. All right, let's talk about the Strategic Defense Initiative, aka the Star Wars Missile Defense Program. What I found funny about this was that, it, yeah, it was like the SDI, and everyone's like the SDI or its nickname, the Star Wars Program. Mm. But like Star Wars is what its detractors called it <laughs> to like give it shit. Yeah, it's like that's not what they that's not what it was nicknamed. That was what people called it because they thought it was a fucking joke. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Which okay. it kind of it kind of was, but so what is? Uh, what are we going to call it? Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you want to get any lick and layer gear out to start with? No. Initially, I was going to do a yeah. The, pretend that I thought the conspiracy was that you couldn't blow up a Death Star through the little shoot thing. I bet the you there. Exhaust port. Yeah, I bet you there are far too many essays about that online where people have done the science. That it's I, taken care of, mate. Yeah. yeah. So, but you can. That was going to be my bet. If you can bullseye want brats in your T sixteen back home, mate, you can fucking put a missile down that little exhaust port. I can bullseye want brats? So that's good to know. Mm. All right. Well, so what is this? Uh, so uh, it's it's the eighties. Yeah. Uh, Hypercolor. Not yet invented. <laughs> Not yet invented. Oh, we've done this before, haven't yeah. we? Well, I think we do this every time in the 1980s. It's the early 80s, so... Shoulder all... pads are happy about pants. to rise up. No, happy pants went out. Yeah, yeah. It's the early 80s, so all of the tropes of the 70s are actually still the thing. Very current, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Disco, still huge. Yeah. There is a Cold War on. Is that okay to say? Yeah. There's a little bit of a Cold War on. Cold War ran until 91? Yeah. There is an uneasy peace... Between the United States and the USSR, uh, the Soviet Union, based on the concept of mutually assured destruction. Yep. Everyone's got a shit ton of nukes, but if you chuck a nuke at the other bloke, they'll chuck all their nukes back at you. Mm. And then everyone's dead. And so maybe no one chucked nukes. Yeah. I, I, do, I do dig the concept of that, mm. mutually assured destruction. Because it's like, even if you get them before they can fire theirs, they've got some somewhere else. Mm. And they're going to get you the second time around. So what you're saying is you're pro-nuclear war. No, I'm okay. pro <laughs> the idea. I'm pro no one going to war. Yeah, and if it's because everyone's terrified, because everyone's as armed to the teeth as them, then that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd prefer us not to be. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, there is there is a logic to it. Obviously, there is because it's kind of how the world is, it works at the moment, right? Yeah. That's why we're hoping India and Pakistan just fucking lay off. Yeah. Yeah. We we both like cricket. Yep. Yeah. Like, let's just chill. Um, India need to get 
Sachin Tendulkar in power, and then him and Imran yeah. can have a series of challenges. Just to, have a to, fucking T20 series. Yeah, and every... This is probably quite offensive. Every position is fielded <laughs> by Sachin Tendulkar and Imran Khan. Oh, you can't. That's a ridiculous yeah. team. It would be silly. Yeah. But like every match, you get X amount of Kashmir. <laughs> <laughs> so like maybe over 50 years, India at this stage would probably get more of Kashmir. Yeah. But then Pakistan would rise up. They get a couple of fast bowls that can bowl and swing in Yorgas again. Yeah. Clean up the top order. They're going to get some ground back. You know who I reckon would not love that? The people of Kashmir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why don't we give the Why don't we give Kashmir to Led Zeppelin? Yeah. yeah. I did see on the TV today Kashmir conflict. I was like, didn't Led Zeppelin sort this out? Yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking about? So we've got mutually assured that destruction, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Uh, it does make you wonder why we're always we were always on the brink of things. Because mm. wouldn't you be like, all right, let's just put as long as we're not going to do it, let's all just put out. Little briefcases in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe put a lock on that yeah. so we don't have to rush. We're not rushing to them at any point because mm. no one's going to blow anyone up, guys. Yeah. So there is a diplomatic solution to the nuclear war crisis mm. that we still live in because there are still thousands of nuclear weapons for no good reason. Anyway, in the early 80s, Reagan, uh, for reasons that I guess we'll get into, decided that rather than a diplomatic solution, he might come up with a sneaky little technological solution. Mm. And he announced sort of out of the blue in early 1983 uh, the Strategic Defence Initiative, which detractors would very quickly call Star Wars, mm. which was a uh, missile defence program using a fucking lasers, yeah. boys. This is basically wanted to weaponize space, right? Well, this, this was after Russia had already put a machine gun in space, though, yeah? Mm. <laughs> I don't know about this. Yeah, Russia had a space station up in orbit that they mounted a big anti-aircraft cannon on, like okay. a machine gun, yeah, and they, right. they test-fired it. And? And it shot bullets, but that was it. They never did anything else with it. Um, China took out a, a satellite from Earth with some sort of, like, it had an old satellite just pumping around that was going to cause this a problem. quite recently, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they just like, all right, screw it. We're going to take it down. And they blasted it. And there. everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we could do that yet. And like, no, no, we can. Yeah. And yeah. So well, that, that we can, it. so watch the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a, there's a whole bunch of treaties, and there were at the time, which were like, you can't weaponize anything in space. Yeah. Space is weapon-free zone, guys. Leave your guns at the door. We had a discussion about this before, right? It's like, if every... If every country is happy to, like, get along in space, mm. why can't we just fucking get along down here as well? Well, yeah. And if we're all happy to get along with not blowing each other up, why were we? Why did we have things like the Cuban Missile Crisis yeah. and all these things? Just chill out. The Russians are sneaky. They are sneaky. Sorry, Robert. Definitely. So, 1983, they announced this Strategic Defence Initiative. Uh, and, yeah... The idea was that... Well, they, there was a bunch of different ideas. They hadn't really worked out the nuts and bolts mm. of it. Yeah, it was like they wanted to use... It was a whole variety of things, right? They wanted to use missile platforms that were in space, particle weapons, lasers. This is shit that they, like the technology didn't even really exist or was very rudimentary at the time. Yeah, still sort of doesn't exist. Yeah, hypersonic missiles. They wanted to have this basically a protection umbrella over the US that would let them detect any incoming nukes and neutralize them en route. Yeah, they were trying to neutralize uh, ICBMs, mm. intercontinental ballistic missiles. So those do go up into space and then come back and down. Come back down. And you can't get them on the way up because they're in fucking Russia. It's too far away. Yeah. And the Russians would be like, hang on, mm. you don't know where we were shooting that. Mm. Uh, you can't shoot, really shoot them on the way down because they're going too quick. Mm. You don't know exactly where they're going to land. So the only spot to get them is in space. You can't really get them from the ground, like shooting up into space, because mm. it's too much atmosphere. Mm. It fucks with your lasers. So the only thing to do is to shoot them out of space. Yeah. So they did. They came up with a few things. One of them, there was a guy called uh, Teller. Uh, he was like the father of the hydrogen bomb. Mm. Oh, what a surprise. His solution. What if we did a big bomb in space? <laughs> He's like, we'll get a big bomb in space and then we'll take the X-ray photon energy from it 
and direct it real quick at the missiles. Mm. Which is great. Maybe let's think about setting off so many huge bombs in space. And then directing it at something that's like between that and Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Moving really fast. Uh, They also talked about having like a huge rail gun. Mm. But I mean, some of the... What is a rail gun? I always just thought it was something from Doom, but it's a thing that exists in the real world. It's something that shoots... Uh, the propulsion of it is based on magnets. Okay. Magnetism, I think. It's like a big long rail with electromagnets that grab something and go, next magnet, next magnet, next magnet, next okay. magnet, next magnet, but really fast. Yeah. Because in Doom, it was cool. Yeah. I think it was just the gun from Doom in space. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I, mean, I think that's how a rail gun works. Yeah. At me if it's not. Yeah. Yeah. The, the main thing was using lasers... To shoot the, the missiles down, and the main problem was having enough energy in space to make the lasers big enough to shoot a missile down. Mm. And also, you were going to run into the problem eventually if they just shot enough missiles, you wouldn't be able to stop them all. Yeah, and then you'd be back to square one, which is we have a concept called mutually assured destruction. Yeah, mm. I think I read something. There was one they did. They did determine that if they had like a certain size laser in space. They could shoot it and direct the beam at multiple targets. I don't know if they split it with a prism or something. Oh, yeah. But there was like the only workable the only workable model for that space laser they had as they were coming up with how it would work, the it just kept getting bigger in size to where it became impractical. As in the splaser itself would be or the prism? As in like the actual apparatus itself. Like, as they were like, oh, it needs this much power. Well, it needs to be this much bigger. Oh, no, it needs this much power. Oh, well, it needs to be this much bigger. And then they're like, fuck, this thing's just way too big. This you is ridiculous. A, you can't have a splazer that side, yeah. size floating around. Mm. Mm. I also thought it was funny that, like, Reagan had his, like, um, public advisory council, which was, like, a bunch of people in the public, like, a mm. bunch of regular jack-offs who were, like... Talking about how to... They just all got owned. <laughs> talking about how, how do we develop this thing. And like three of them, I think, were like really famous sci-fi writers. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, they're going to be able to make something up. Yeah, yeah. Fucking whether or not it works. Whether or not it's, <laughs> you can do it or not. They're, they're the guys you want hypothesizing. Yeah. So we talked last week about Lyndon LaRouche. Mm-hmm. The LaRouche people did have quite a bit of involvement it seems in the the SDI at least in the concept of it uh in the 70s they were banging on about this uh we talked about how they had like their uh they were lobbying on behalf of the laser industry mm. and they had like their uh, like their laser magazine that they put out mm. they were actually really big in the whole laser movement because they were the industry that was there liked that someone was going around telling the government you should spend more money on lasers, more money on lasers. So heaps of laser scientists like contributed to their magazines and got involved and they had some pretty high up meetings with people in the government mm. about this stuff. This is like throughout the 70s. So it's quite likely that they did have a, a role in the SDI concept. Mm. They definitely say they did. Yeah. And the, as we, I think we said last week, the Russians definitely thought they did. <laughs> <laughs> I did see though, uh, they might not have had the best of intentions. They in also in the seventies, they put out a little, uh, plan that they'd come up with, which was about using beam technology, uh, just to take care of the Jews. <laughs> right. So they were going to get, on the inside. They were like, let's get a bunch of... Li- we should have a bunch of lasers and then we could just take care of that little... That pesky Jew problem. Right. We'll just shoot them at places where there's lots of Jews, like London and Caulfield, Israel, etc. Yeah. They never really... They uh, It was something they never walked back at all either. Okay. <laughs> so, Reagan announced this whole thing. Yeah. Did all the... Did all the groups got kind of laughed at. And then what happened to it? Well, it was still a thing until like Clinton, right? Yeah. Well, no, there was a thing until the early 90s. Uh, the Bush administration got rid of it. This is not before hundreds of billions of dollars were spent on it. Mm. And uh, all right. I did go to a little book called uh, Psychic Dictatorship in the USA. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Probably the best Dick Kennedy's album. 
guy called Alex Constantine wrote this book, Psychic Dictatorship in the USA. Uh, Alex Constantine does think that the government put a chip in his head, mm-hmm. but he's carrying on regardless. Okay, good, Trooper. Uh, but he wrote this book, Psychic Dictatorship in the USA, which, a little side note, I read a uh, on someone's review of it, they said that uh, they were drawn to it by the cover. It does have a really sick cover of like a green skull mm. screaming. Oh. But, like I was drawn to it by the awesome cover, but I found when I tried to read it on my couch... A little voice in my head would tell me, put the book down, put the book down. But I would only hear the voice when I was on the couch. And that's when I knew he was onto something. Jesus. That's... Okay, that's confusing. But in Psychic Dictatorship in the USA, he does have a uh, chapter dedicated to... Oh, that's a sick cover. It is a sick cover. Yeah, I'm into that. He has a, uh, a chapter dedicated to SDI, which he... It, just to be clear, we're mm. saying SDI, not STI. SDI. <laughs> uh, SDI as a cover story for the R&D of electromagnetic slash cybernetic mind control technology. Right. So so they they wanted to get all this gear up into space so then they control, could control people well, using that gear that they pretended was in the space just to do war stuff. This is like this is what we've talked about before with low frequency and microwave technology, mm. uh, which is sort of uh, partially true. Mm. Which is that you can use it to like zap someone. Yeah. His thing is that they were the Star Wars program is a cover for them putting lasers up in the into space that they can zap people with. So similar to five G networks, people are saying that's a cover for mind control. Yeah. Mm. Now. This is cooked, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of cooked stuff in this chapter. He does sort of get into a bit of stuff about the funding, though, which I think is maybe he's... Yeah, he's got a chip in his head, but it hasn't stopped him from going to the library. So uh, he writes, if, if Star Wars is indeed a superficial public relations effort conceived to obscure a massive military push into mind control technology... All right, let's leave that to the side... The evidence must lie just beneath the surface. A colossal shadow R&D effort difficult to completely conceal. Behind the Star Wars front, funds would flow from legitimate to illicit programs dropping through a hole in the floor. That's precisely what happened. SDI funding was channeled into hidden research efforts. In early 1993, Aldrich Saucier, a scientist for the Army's Ballistic Defence Command with long experience in space research, complained to the House Government Operations Committee that Star Wars was cursed by a chronic diversion of funds. He estimated that as much as half of the entire SDI budget had disappeared into classified projects. Millions of dollars in research awards were shifted from one program to another, he testified. Participants in the covert R&D effort even spoke in code words referring to the diversions as taxes or IOUs. So how much of all that do you think? Oh, sorry, you conclude your... Well, I'm not saying that... He's right about it all going to mind control money. Mm. But I do wonder if a lot of the money, given that we know that the laser thing was never going to work, mm. I wonder how much of the money did go into other stuff. Also, how much of it do you think is going into nefarious other stuff? Mm. Or how much is it just going to line pockets of contractors and people that want kickbacks? And Well, that's very cynical and, of you. And though. also the just massive bureaucratic incompetence, which we know happens yeah. in every company and, and particularly in governments where there's just so many people that need to get paid or just, oh, we need to set up an office and do this and then waste so much money to do it. Mm. So don't go looking into it. No. Well, there's another reason you might not want to look into uh, the Star Wars program too deeply. Murders. The Star Wars murders. Jesus. Do you find these salty? No. Oh, so many murders. There was there were like twenty four or something twenty six mysterious deaths. I think it was twenty five. Yeah, you went either side, but it was twenty five. So the first death came in March nineteen eighty two, which some people would say is one year before they announced <laughs> the Star Wars program, but it's generally linked. A lot of these are connected to uh, Marconi Space and Defence Systems, mm. which is a British uh, defence contractor. Yeah, I think they're now part of uh, Bay Aerospace. Mm-hmm. Eh? BAE. Yeah. It's a shame that BAE haven't really didn't really capitalize on when the word bay was big. No, now no. it's kind of too late. Yeah. <laughs> they missed the boat. Yeah. So, He's gonna do it in like four years and be like, oh guys. Uh, the first death was Keith Bowden. Uh, he was a specialist in supercomputers and computer controlled aircraft. 
Uh, he died when his car went careening across a four-lane highway cool. and went off a bridge. When they checked out the car, his it was like a fairly new car mm. and he kept it in pretty good nick. Mm. When they checked out the car, someone had swapped all the tyres. Right. It had old tyres on it, like old worn-out tyres. Yeah. Was he the one that also had his pants down? Uh, no. One of them had his pants down and a... We're not going to go through all of them, are we? Uh, we're going to go through the most mysterious of them. Okay, is the pants down guy going to be in there? Yes. Okay. See, I thought the first Star Wars death was the rebel commander guy who wouldn't <laughs> give up the plans. <laughs> well, that was the fourth movie, though. They had... Fucking old timeline McGee over here. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Uh, Robert, you're literally holding a Han, Han Solo blaster. I sure am. And Luke has stolen Han Solo's blaster after he's dead. Spoiler alert. Anyway, maybe we could stop mucking around with toys while we're trying to podcast seriously. Uh, at the inquiry into his death, they wouldn't let them put in the evidence of the tyres. Right. Which is, I don't know if these guys know about cover-ups. Mm. <laughs> it st- doesn't work if we still know about it. Mm. Uh, there was also in 1982 a... Uh, Guy that worked for the GCHQ, the General Communications Headquarters of the Spies, the mm. spy, big spy agency in the UK, uh, died mysteriously. He was an, another electronic warfare expert. Uh, another one died uh, in November, suicide. Uh, but then after SCI is announced, there's a whole bunch more deaths. Uh, a Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Godley vanishes without explanation. Uh, there were three more suicides. Uh, Stephen Drinkwater, who worked for GCHQ, was found asphyxiated with a bag over his head. Uh, you know what they have tried to make that look like? What's the phrase they use? Asphyxie wank. Mm, that's the phrase we use. <laughs> Autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> no, there's another one that they're calling, like, I think it was um, se- sexual misadventure. <laughs> Archie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the cause of death, death, I think in Britain, is sexual misadventures. Right. So... They also in espionage, the, the old sexual misadventures are a favourite for knocking people off. Yeah, because people don't want to look into it too too much. People are sort of like family, are like don't want to think about it. They yeah. don't want to. Maybe they'll go along with a suicide thing because yeah. it's better than everyone knowing the alternative. Uh, so he's found dead. Another one's found hanged. Uh, another guy that worked for GCHQ is found uh, dead as well. A radar designer at Marconi shoots himself in the head. Uh, in 1985, Jonathan Walsh, uh, who was a uh, guy that worked for the parent firm of Marconi, which is GE. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they are, there's maybe some long bows being drawn. A lot of people work for GE. Mm. Uh, he jumped out of his hotel room uh, while he was on holiday. He had told people that someone was trying to kill him, though. Mm. But that's probably because he's either having paranoid delusions or someone's mm. trying to kill him. Uh, a guy called Vimal Dajibhai is found he had jumped off a bridge. Uh, his pants were down. Mm. He had a mysterious puncture wound in his buttock. Mm. Oh. See, that could have been a sex thing as well. Yeah. Jumping off a bridge right at the moment. Someone jabs in the buttock. <laughs> yep. Uh, another guy called... Look, Ashad, look, I gotta let you in on my. I've got a really weird kink, all right? It's, it's gonna take some trusting. The man's dead, salty. I'm gonna take my pants down and stand on the side of this bridge. When I say now, I need you to take this little pokey thing. Right. When I say, cut this. <laughs> uh, another guy called Ashad Sharif, uh, who worked like for the same. They both, these guys both worked for Marconi on uh, Star Wars stuff. Uh, he was found dead in a park. He had tied a rope around his neck and the other end around a tree mm. and gone in his car and driven off. Christ, that's a fucking odd way to hang yourself, isn't well, it? Well, so it's interesting. Uh, friends of mine used to discuss whether this or not was possible. Uh, these friends used to smoke a reasonable amount of marijuana at the time. Yep. And this was kind of a, a long-running debate. Could you do that and would it take your head off? How fast are you going to be going? What are the logistics of it all? Yeah. I read this and it said, the story I read said it 
decapitated him. Yeah. And I, I messaged one of my mates. I hadn't messaged him in ages. I'm like, yeah. hey, by the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this works. And then 10 minutes later, I was reading another story and it said partially decapitated. Right. So it doesn't quite work, we think. Yeah. Enough to kill you. No, he still died. He it would break died. your neck easily. Yeah, yeah. They did find a metal rod in the well, the footwell of the car. He jammed down. Suggesting the that maybe the accelerator had been jammed down and he was already dead when the car drove off. Yeah, but if I was going to do something like that, I'd probably not want to trust my foot on the accelerator. You just want to jam it down yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there are so many variations. Or you, if you really want to do it, you think, oh, I don't want my foot to come off with the first jolt. Mm. So I'll just jam it down. I think it would, you'd only have one jolt, though. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, in January 1987, a guy called Avtar Gita, who was a student working... Uh, he was working on a grant from the Ministry of Defence and Marconi on uh, submarine technology. Uh, he disappears. Mm-hmm. After a quite extensive search, he's found working in a sweatshop in Paris uh, and cannot recall any details of his disappearance <laughs> or, <laughs> w- mm. or where he's been. Eventually, he went back to work and finished his PhD, <laughs> but he would not talk about anything. Or his colleague... Uh, he had worked with the guy, one of the guys that had died. Mm. Uh, there were more deaths in 1987. Uh, another one with uh, the head in a plastic bag. Also, feet tied together. Mm. You know, the classic asphyxia wank when you tie, you <laughs> tie your feet up first. Yeah. Oh, a little bit of bondage if you want to do some self-bondage. I can yeah. make sense. Uh, his body was also wrapped from head to toe in a rope that was tied several times around his neck. Uh, the same month, in uh, January 1987, Dr. John Britton died of carbon monoxide poisoning in his garage. Uh, you know, that's just a classic suicide method. Uh, two more carbon monoxide poisonings of people connected to Marconi in February 1987. Uh, David Skeels uh, is found dead with his uh, hosepipe on the exhaust. And Peter Peepel is found uh, on the ground of his garage in a, underneath his car with his head underneath the uh, exhaust in a position that he could not possibly have gone into with the garage door closed. Another guy dies in a freak car accident. Uh, he made an uh, unexpected U-turn on his way into work and drove into an empty cafe. And his boot was full of petrol cans. <laughs> so the car blew up. Yeah, and so there's no way to see anything about what had happened. Yeah. On the 10th of April, 1987... Uh, George Kuntis, who was a systems analyst at Bristol Polytechnic, drowned when his BMW automobile went into the Mercy River in Liverpool. Uh, just an accident, though. Uh, Stuart Gooding, who was a research student at the Royal Military College of Scientists, on the same day, died in a head-on collision between his rental car and a truck. I mean, that's just a random person, though. You say he's a student at something. That was on Cyprus. Uh, it happened while his Royal Military College was uh, holding military exercises. Again, like, come on. There's some long bows in here. Mm. Uh, David Greenhaig, a computer defence system salesman, was found with slashed wrists after he fell from a railway bridge. Uh, he had no recollection of the fall. And finally, a woman, Shani Warren, who worked for a company that was taken over by GE uh, a month after she died. She was found drowned in less than two feet of water mm. in a lake. So a lot of these, I think there's only like four or five of those that are actually well, there's, somewhat suspicious. There's still more. Uh, Mark Wisner, uh, two weeks later, dies uh, of suffocation with cling film around his face. I'm not sure if cling film is what you would use. Mm. Uh, another uh, car crash. Uh, someone just drops dead. Uh, someone goes off a cliff. Uh, another one... Uh, Asphyxiated by uh, carbon monoxide, another Marconi computer engineer. Uh, August 1988, here's one of the weirder ones. Alistair Beckham uh, goes into his garden shed, uh, takes some wires from the wall, Mm. attaches them to his fillings, and electrocutes himself to death. Sounds like a very likely way to kill yourself. On the exact same day... uh, Another person who worked for Marconi killed themselves by electrocution. 
on his nipples, right? Uh, Nipple cushion. Yeah. Just coincidence, though. Just another sexual misadventure. Mm. And then there was another um, suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning. So there's only like four or five of those that are Marconi related. Yeah, some of them, are, they work for the parent company of Marconi, which is or like work. a huge corporation. Um, I sort of found Marconi at the time was also under investigation for fraud. Uh, and it was a very high-stress situation. And also they were working on things that weren't going to work, as in Star Wars. Yeah. They were working with Star Wars. So, But some of them are pretty sus. As in, if someone's... No one's going to suicide themselves by j- jacking up your fillings. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. And for there to be like two electrocution deaths of Marconi people on the same day... There was a. I did see there's some people who are like, well, you know, in a com- big enough company that you've got to be... A pattern of suicides, you know? Mm. Like there'll be enough suicides that you could make a pattern. Mm. Uh, it is quite a few and quite a few weird ones mm. and ways that are not like typical suicides. Uh, it does get... One of the things that it gets blamed on is stress Yeah, because they're working on this stuff. A lot of them had complained that they were working... They couldn't talk about what they were working on, but they'd complained that they were being asked to do things that were impossible. Uh, I did see a report from the time where uh, like 2020 or one of those news programs had gone over to the UK and they were like, uh, is this stress? And Marconi's like, no, it's not stress. And if it was stress, that's a personal issue for them to deal with. That's, the company is not responsible for that. Right. But I think nowadays they're like, yeah, it's stress. Don't worry about it. Don't look any further into that. Mm. Um, yeah. It's also one of those things. I found some pretty dodgy reporting on it. Um, some websites just linking them all and saying this is absolute evidence, but they had the names wrong. But then there's some articles from, say, the New York Times, uh, I think I saw one in Chicago Tribune, Washington Post, sort of talking about some of the more tangible ones. I think there's like maybe four or five that are like, okay, four or five people within quite connected in the same job dying by a suspicious suicide. I, I guess if you are going to kill people off in a spate, you don't risk it by just putting bald tires on their car. Mm. Like I feel like that's, <clears throat> or like you know, so they're not they're not efficient hits. They're all quite clumsy if they are mm. a series of murders. Mm. They um, I did see uh, well, I saw on one website someone was like, they say it was stress, but all four of them had a like, it singled out the four weirdest ones, but it doesn't say which ones they mean. Because there's more than four weird ones. But anyway, mm. it says the four weirdest ones, they, they say it was stress, but they'd all decided to quit their jobs and had gotten new jobs. And they'd all made appointments to see their MP. Mm. It's like, there's no, they don't back that up at all. Yeah. I did see in the Psychic Warfare uh, book, he b- considers that it might be stress, but he puts it down to the stress of the Bristol hum, which I think we've mentioned before mm, yeah. in like one of the frequency episodes. Yeah. There's the the weird hum that you can hear in Bristol, which is where Marconi was operating. And he's like, that's the hum from their microwave weapons that they're developing in there. And it's stressing them all out. Oh, yeah. That's, that seems plausible. Mm. Um, so, 1991, uh, the fall of the Soviet Union. Uh, George H.W. Bush, former CIA assassin, Tate is in power. Politically. Uh, politically. Uh, Dick Cheney mm-hmm. uh, is now in charge of whether we invest in lasers or guns. Uh, his, more of his friends like guns and lasers, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think Halliburton uh, specialises in guns. So they, big guns. They pivot from, from lasers back to guns. Yeah. Uh, that's the sort of the most reasonable explanation for why they just scrap it. It yep. doesn't work, and he has too many mates that like guns. Mm. Oh, there is a theory that the whole thing was a hoax to uh, bankrupt the Soviet Russia. Union. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which it sort of sort of worked. I saw some footage the other day that was of uh, a abandoned Soviet Union uh, launch pad, launch area, space thing. So there's like big rockets in there still and like big kind of things and people are looking around they send a drone up to fly over and look at the big rockets yeah. and stuff it was pretty cool yeah I think I've seen photos of that place mm. yeah but yeah the um, that'd be the way to do it like if you weren't ever going to 
drop billions of dollars into it. You're just going to sh- shuffle it off to wherever. Mm. But the the Soviet Union now had to like do something. They had to respond. Reagan did say to them that they would give them the the technology when it was ready, right? So that they could get back to mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah, it was just weird. But the, there was a big move in the government to move back from. Uh, they well, they say it was moving back from science to diplomacy, but really it was moving from lasers back to guns, bangs, mm. from pew pews to bang bangs. Mm. Do you read that they might have been building it to protect us from aliens? Yeah. Or har- or they might have been using it to shoot down aliens so they could harvest their technology. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a good one. When the UFOs come by, zap them. That's the, whole, the ships. that's the whole Space Force Donald Trump thing, isn't it? People say it's predictive programming, getting us mm. ready for, for the aliens. We've talked mm. about it before, right? Yeah. yeah. There was a conversation. Did you read about the conversation between Reagan and Gorbachev? They had their, they had a little private walk at some meeting together mm. just with their interpreters. And one of the, I think in an interview later, Gorbachev was asked about what they spoke about. And he said, well, Reagan <laughs> said to me, hey, just say America was inv- like attacked by people from outer space. Would you help us? And he's and Gorbachev said, "Yeah, of course I would." And Reagan was like, "Yeah, same." <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they were united against aliens. Yeah, cool. But fucking not against each other. Yeah, they had to give them the technology. Yeah, I love that. That's really similar to like, did you find Bugs Bunny attractive? When you put- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, me neither. you neither. <laughs> oh, should we wrap this one up? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that it's one of those things where I think history is not quite the, what's in the history books. is not quite right. Mm. They, they tend to leave out the bit where it was probably some insane person's scheme to kill whole Jews. Yes. Uh, that got out of control <laughs> and a bunch of people took advantage of it to steal a bunch of money. I did enjoy reading about the idea of mutually assured destruction pre like World War Two. And pre everything becoming nuclearized. So, um, one of the earliest references to the concept was an English author called Wilkie Collins, who wrote at the time of the Franco Prussian War in 1870. Ooh. I begin to believe in only one. I believe to it. I, sorry, let me start that again. I begin to believe in only one civilizing influence the discovery one of these days of a destructive agent so terrible that war shall mean annihilation and men's fears will force them to keep the peace. Mm. Well, that was pretty cool. And then in 1863, Jules Verne wrote in Paris in the 20th century. Um, this is apparently wasn't published until the nineties. It's like a unpublished manuscript. Um, the book is set in 1960 and describes the engines of war, which have become so efficient that war is inconceivable and all countries are at a pe- perpetual stalemate. Hmm. I can name you about this shit before it become a thing. Yeah. I don't know. If you're going to predict a program as Jules Verne, you can't just leave it in a <laughs> drawer can't not somewhere. publish it. Yeah. Um, I guess the other problem with that is there's still plenty of war happening. Mm. We're, not, we're not shying away from wars. In 37, Tesla. Oh, yeah. Published the art of projecting concentrated non-dispersive energy through the natural media. All right. A treatise concerning charged particle beam weapons. Tesla described his device as a super weapon that would put an end to all war. Is that just because Tesla's like, I'm going to cook the globe? Yeah. Fucking, I'm going to laser everything. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. All right, boys. Uh, Where may we find ye... On ye olde interwebers. Ye or the... How do you say us? I don't know what we're doing here. Where might I find the Robbo? Uh, you can get me at Ale of a Time uh, on all social medias and aleofatime.com for the website. Get me at Saltmarsh on Instagram and Andrew Saltmarsh Illustration on Facebook. Check out Twitter on Patreon. Yeah. You can find me at Sexenheimer on Twitter. Gather around me on Facebook and iTunes for my other podcast. And of course, you can find this podcast on every podcast platform. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Hypothepod. Yep. 
And you can find us at patreon.com slash hypothepod where we do a weekly news roundup. And you can also get some cooked pins and badges and cool things. And thank you to Tammy, our special $33 cooked sponsor. Thanks, Tammy. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry about a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept You can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Don't worry Not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which, let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing, except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you're just blind if you can't see them. Why don't you open your eyes?